welcome to another edition of Digging Deeper with Brian Hale. Brought to you by Hale Multimedia, website and mobile app development for over 25 years. That's HaleMultimedia.com. Now listen in and join me online at DiggingDeeper.us. All right. Hello and welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are live on DiggingDeeper.us. All right. It is 9 p.m. Central. We are going to be live 9 to 11 p.m. Central. And we are in Texas, but we have listeners in all parts of the country. Thank you for listening, everybody. Y'all, thank you for listening. We're going to have a great show tonight. So first of all, I want to give you a little rundown, of course, on what segments we're going to have tonight. Of course, we have our normal four segments. Tonight, we're going to look at current news, first of all, and there's a lot of stuff we could cover in this segment, but we figured that we should probably cover the shortages. And I'm delaying because I'm not hearing anything yet from our microphone. So we're going to see if we're hooked up there. Yep, we are. All right. So I guess we are. Just a little bit of a delay there if you're watching live. It's about a 40, 45 second delay from my actual live time. So there I am. I'm in my own ear now. I can hear me. And we are ready to go. So the four segments that I talked about. Current news, we're going to talk about the shortages. The biggest shortage, the biggest shortage that any one of us should be worried about, and it's not the wood, although the craziness of the wood prices is unbelievable. But it's food. Food insecurity is what we're going to take a look at. And we're going to have a video there, a nice animated presentation for us to take a look at the, one of the root causes of food insecurity. In segment number two, it's the ridiculous, the funny and ridi- ridiculous. And tonight, we're going to look at the ridiculous loss of freedom. It's a ridiculous, ridiculous loss of freedom. The Freedom 515 movement is something that just got started about 10 days ago. And the girls, the guys, uh, everyone involved in the organization are working really hard. It's a grassroots movement at its absolute root. There's nothing more else you can call it. Uh, They don't have a big political leader, no affiliation. It's just a bunch of people that want to make sure that this country still gives us uh, the freedom to do some things that we still enjoy. Um, It seems that those freedoms are being stripped away day by day. So we'll look at the Freedom 515 movement. We'll listen to a short podcast that I did on that and the details specifically for some of your areas can be found on the Freedom 515 movement with your state at the end. Just type in Freedom 515 Texas, Freedom 515 Nebraska. And in our area, in Freedom 515 Wichita Falls is going to be our local gathering. And I do understand there are other folks that are organizing gatherings, and that is freedom. It's okay if there are more groups. It doesn't matter if the group is all in one place, large and loud. 
because we believe that large and loud isn't getting the message across now. We need to talk to each other. We need to be able to have a conversation again. And that's what this uh, segment's going to be about, and that's what this movement's going to be about. So we'll give you details on the May 15th Wichita Falls movement later in the broadcast. Segment number three is the ugly truth about trafficking because the ultimate loss of freedom is false imprisonment or slavery. And that's why it leads us right into the ugly truth of trafficking. We're going to watch a video on how to spot human trafficking and we're going to look at a few minutes of a hour-long clip. We'll look at about uh, 14 minutes of a clip from a victim a young man, 27, who's a victim of the church with human trafficking. We're going to try to listen to that. This is the ugly segment, number three, from 10 to 10.30. So it's a hard one to listen to. We understand. Number four, of course, is our faith segment. And we're still going through our book, Purpose Driven Life, by Pastor Rick Warren. And we really appreciate his writing. Andy and I went through the book when we were first married, one day at a time, 40 chapters, 40 nights. We read this together, and we feel it was a very solid foundation for our marriage and for our Christian walk and our understanding. And tonight it'll be chapter 11. So with all this chaos and ugliness in the world, what's the answer? What's the answer? Chapter 11 is going to give us a clue tonight. The answer? Oh, should I give it to you? Okay. Become best friends with God. We're going to find out how to become best friends with God in tonight's chapter 11 in our fourth segment. That's where we're going to go. Those are our four segments for tonight. So we'll toss the paper aside and we'll get started on our segments tonight. This is segment number one. We're going to take a look at that first video. This is going to be a video from uh, After School is the name of it. After School is the organization. And it's called Chemical Farming and the Loss of Human Life. Chemical Farming and the Loss of Human Life. What could that be about? Built an entire economy of not just the United States, but the entire Western civilization on healthcare. And that's been a hidden reality for a long time. Mm -hmm. But for thousands of years, the real control of populations has been around their food. And we find ourselves in that same, you know, if not amped up version now that we have 7 billion souls on the planet. That becomes very, very big business when you start to be able to control food. And we see that uh, the ultimate political control is around the food chain and whether it delivers health or not. I've basically found myself in a massively reductionist state of my understanding of the world around us. When I had really spent, you know, 20 years of my life studying medicine, which was the opposite, where every year and minute you study in that environment, they try to convince you it's more and more complicated, that there's a thousand different diseases, that there's 10,000 different drugs to treat those diseases, that 
but in reality what started to deconstruct that world was the realization that the cancer I was studying under the microscope when I was devising chemotherapy happened to be really the exact same process as an ulcer in the ankle of a diabetic patient. Again, sound totally disparate, but the end, totally reductionist viewpoint is it's only one thing, which is chronic inflammation. Inflammation is actually a, a normal biologic response to an injury. If we have a chronic inflammatory epidemic in the, in the world, which is a better definition than lots of diseases, then we must be overwhelming the immune system of all of the public for some reason at the same time. Sometime between 1982 and 2000, we had a, did something to the environment to totally decimate the protection system of our immunes, uh, immune systems. And the big tip-off to me in this process, you know, here I am in the labs developing chemotherapy and was so buried down the rabbit hole of the pharmaceutical model, but there was a big tip-off starting to happen in the late 1990s and early 2000s that we were seeing diseases in what seemed like completely different organ systems in the population go epidemic simultaneously. Examples of this was certainly autism that you mentioned earlier. We had one in 5,000 children with autism in 1975. Today we have, just three weeks ago, released the most recent data, one in 36 children with an autism spectrum disorder. And the big argument for a long time was, well, maybe we're just diagnosing and recognizing mm -hmm. autism better, which is kind of laughable if you've ever sat with an autistic child. Here's a five-year-old who can't speak, can't make eye contact, hits his head on the wall for a few hours a day to try to console his terror. We didn't miss that in 1975. You know, this is not a diagnostic dilemma. But then to further emphasize that, the fastest acceleration in that growth pattern of this epidemic has happened between 2012 and today, where we're seeing a doubling time every two to three years in that autism rate. At the current rate, we'll see one in three children with autism in 2035. And then in, in 1996, we saw this sudden rise in, uh, in the uh, Alzheimer's dementia in women. Interestingly, the Alzheimer's rates has not changed in males since that time. But at the same time, 1996, we see this uptick and consistent linear growth parallel to that Alzheimer's track in women with Parkinson's in males. And so we have, you know, species-specific, gender-specific, organ-specific diseases in the brain and peripheral cancers, all of which took off at the same time in the mid-1990s. Autoimmune disease, unbelievable epidemic starting in the late 1990s. And so this was like the cracks that were starting to form in my worldview that maybe there weren't a thousand different diseases because they all started going epidemic at once, which really begged the question, is there a root cause of the root cause of the root cause of all disease? In the same way that we've misunderstood the gut and what gut health means, we, we misunderstood soil for the longest time. And in the 1900, early 1900s, really the late 1880s, we started to change the way we farmed. Um, simple things happened, like we went to steel grinding for wheat instead of stone grinding it, which meant we could get more of the fiber out of it, which, which we created a higher gluten and a higher refined carbohydrate load in our flours and in our wheat system and everything else. So that's one example of a shift. But the main thing that happened is we started to disrespect the importance of crop rotation and soil rest, cover cropping, etc. This led to a massive death of the topsoil, which led to the Dust Bowl that ran through the 1920s and 30s. And it's fascinating that here we are only 80 years out from this event where our ancestors, you know, two generations, three generations, were literally starving to death. We had soup lines that went for days, you know, across the entire Midwest, and houses were literally being buried in, in dust of dead soil that had died. 
during the Dust Bowl, we actually, for the first time, started to outsource our food production because these people lost their local gardens and farms. Mm -hmm. So we started to rely on importing food for the first time, and we started to outsource that concept. Then World War II hit, and we did something interesting, which is we had this huge petroleum industry that was revved up bigger than it had ever been in the history because we had all tanks, jeeps, mechanized warfare for the first time in human history on this scale. We had planes for the first time. I mean, this was like full-out, totally different thing that had ever happened in history, and it was a, a world war, uh, much different than World War One in its scope. And so we see this huge petroleum industry that suddenly grinds to a halt because the war is over. So we have this glut of petroleum, and we suddenly realize we can extract nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium out of that coal, that oil, and we started making chemical-based fertilizers for the first time. So they found a new marketplace for this oil, mm -hmm. and it was a great message to the farmers who were still suffering with bad dirt in the Midwest. Is like, you don't need to do crop rotation. You don't need to compost. You don't need to go back to thousands of years of farming right. tradition. Just spray this chemical on there. <laughs> yeah, forget about whatever you might have learned during right. the Dust Bowl. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, that was that was 40 yeah. years ago. That's right. all ancient times. We're modern now. <laughs> yeah. Uh <-huh. laughs> and so these farmers started using it, and it became a revolution for them, and it was actually called the Green Revolution of the 1960s the and so the green revolution was actually use of nitrogen phosphorus potassium or mpk fertilizers and the mpk fertilizer did turn plants green because nitrogen and phosphorus do that but what was lacking in those plants for the first time in history was the nutrients and the medicine that should always have been in that food and so the plants became weak uh, just like a human being who lacks nutrients, their immune system goes down. And when a plant's immune system goes down, it becomes prone to viruses, pests, and it can't excrete the stuff from the root system that would keep weeds at bay. And so now the plants are getting you know, attacked from the outside, if you will, and the chemical, farmer, the chemical industry says, no problem, here's a new chemical weed killer, here's a pe pesticide. And so the farmers got themselves locked into this codependent relationship with chemical fertilizers and chemical drugs for the plants to keep them alive despite a failing biology underneath the surface there. Right. Akin to taking a drug to deal with the symptoms of some ailments that you have that creates a whole battery of side effects that then require you to take another drug to deal with those. It's just a, an environmental version of that. It's exactly the same thing. And in fact, the drugs have been the same in a lot of ways. Mm. The main drug is antibiotics. Uh, Western medicine really got its first foothold with penicillin, our first antibiotic, and that happened to be in the 1940s with World War II. And so we developed in the same decade the antibiotics that would kill the bacteria in our body with the antibiotics that would kill the soil. Mm -hmm. And I say antibiotic because these chemicals that we were using as pesticides are largely uh, uh, antibiotic rather than what you would think of maybe a weed killer or something. And the most famous of these, of course, has become Roundup, the most single successful chemical warfare that's ever been sold on the planet. We currently uh, sell and use four and a half billion pounds of glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in the chemical, uh, to treat the soils of the earth. Four and a half billion pounds of a single chemical annually. That chemical was never patented as a weed killer. It's only been patented as an antibiotic and then it was repatented as an antiparasite, antifungal. Yeah, that was the original purpose of it, correct? Well, it's the mechanism. It's the mechanism they recognized. And so the mechanism of glyphosate is to go in and block enzymes in soil bacteria, fungi, and plants. And that enzyme pathway is called the shikimate pathway. And it's, and it's important because it makes a number of the essential amino acids. 
Our bodies are composed of over 200,000 proteins, but we only have 20,000 genes. We have this pathetically dumb genome in the sense that a flea has 30,000 genes. So you're two-thirds as complicated as a flea at the gene level, <laughs> which I find reassuring. If I can't find my keys or I'm having a bad day, I'm like, hey, I'm two-thirds as complicated as a flea. Uh, what, can I, what are my real expectations here? But the reality is we're very simple at the genetic level, and yet we make over 200,000 proteins from a bunch of amino acids. There's 26 amino acids that will build those 200,000 proteins. Those 26 amino acids are just like the 26 letters of the English alphabet in the sense that the vast majority of those are, are useful but not critical. But the vowels, these eight vowels in our language, if you subtract one of those vowels, you can affect hundreds of thousands of words. The vowels in the amino acid uh, vocabulary here is, are the essential amino acids, which if you start to tweak any of those nine, you're going to start to lose tens of thousands of protein structures in, in their functionality and in their, their unique form. And so those essential amino acids, not only are they important like the vowels, they also can't be made by the human body. So those nine have to come from your food chain somewhere. And it turns out that they are only made by the bacteria, the fungi, and the plants. You don't have a shikimate pathway in your human cells. And so these essential amino acids are blocked through the shikimate pathway by Roundup. And so imagine treating a food chain with a chemical that blocks the ability of these plants to make the building blocks for a healthy human body. Mm -hmm. Forget about a human. It's a dog, a cat, any mammal, any complex multicellular biology is going to depend on these essential amino acids. And we literally, in the last 15 years, subtracted out the ability to build the body because we changed the, the 26 letters. And so the current statistics is that less than one-tenth of 1% 1 of the Roundup used on the planet actually hits a weed. The other 99.99% gets into the soil and into the water system and washes off. And so we are now seeing the runoff from these farms and in the water table itself. So we have fossil aquifers in the United States here that run from Canada all, right, all the way down to, historically, Mexico, that is now dried up. We've, we've turned over 1,000 square miles of, of uh, Texas into desert over the, just the last 20 years from sucking water out of the ground. Mm -hmm. That fossil aquifer is now contaminated with Roundup that's filtered down into this ancient freshwater source for us. And then in the same moment, you've got the Mississippi River, which collects over 80% of all the Roundup in the country, and then it's evaporating the whole time, so it's going into the air that you breathe, and then it goes into the clouds, and then it rains down on us. Recent studies in the air and rainfall in the southern United States is showing 75% of the rain, 75% of the air contaminated with Roundup. So before you even take a bite of That's food, insane. you're being hit with an antibiotic when you breathe. You're getting hit with an antibiotic when you, when you experience rainfall. And so you may be growing organic crops, but they're getting rained on. And so we have now locked this water-soluble toxin into our environment. Fortunately, you know, to give you a little bit of breather here from the bad news, is that there are bacteria and fungi that can eventually digest the glyphosate. The downside is we need to stop spraying it so that they can return. Mm -hmm. We're decimating those very bacteria and fungi by the presence of Roundup uh, to the point where they're not digesting it. Current estimates is if we stop spraying Roundup tomorrow, it would take about 50 years before our ecosystem saw a drop in the level of Roundup below our toxic years. level. If the conspiracy theorist was right, then we'd see one in two people with cancer, we'd see one in 30 kids with autism, we'd see Parkinson's going crazy. You know, they're literally repeating back, if 
if if it was toxic, we would see literally what we're seeing. You know, and so the reality is the public health statistics have gotten so grim in the last eight years that nobody can call this a conspiracy theory anymore. Um, right. But it's almost like yeah, but that's where's the direct where's the smoking gun? The smoking right? gun is what's been missing. Mm-hmm. That's what we found in 2012. So in 2012, we found it backwards. Um, I don't think anybody's actually smart enough with the human gray matter that we're given to actually create a paradigm shift prospectively, right? So every great, you know, mind that we look to in past Galileo or, you know, Ben Franklin or anybody, we said, oh, they discovered something or, you know, Edison. These just came at moments when the evidence got so overwhelming that it became obvious, right? And so in the same way, in 2012, the evidence was getting so overwhelming that we were onto something in the nutrition world. But we, at the time, I was still thinking cancer, cancer therapy, because my background was in chemotherapy development. And so when I found these molecules in soil that looked similar to the chemotherapy I had been making, a lot of bells started ringing. Like, what is that? Where did it come from? How is there medicine in the dirt? Like, what, where is that coming from? And within a few weeks of that discovery of those molecules, we found out that bacteria and fungi were making these specific shapes of these carbon molecules. And that really closed the loop for me because there had been some papers coming out in the mid-2000s in the cancer world that were starting to say that the bacteria in your gut were predicting which cancers you would get. If you're missing these bacteria, you would get prostate cancer. If you had these bacteria, you would get breast cancer. That was so radically bizarre and out there for our current model, even to this day, as to how cancer worked. But now you fast forward 8, 10 years, and now there's tens of thousands of articles that are showing that genomically, Mm -hmm. the bacterial genome is way more Mm -hmm. important in determining cancer than the human genome. And, And so this reality was hitting. And so in 2012, when we discovered these chemicals that look a little like chemotherapy that are made by bacteria and fungi in the soil... It suddenly closed the loop of, oh my gosh, what if the bacteria in our gut is doing the same thing? What if the bacteria and the fungi are actually our best source of medicine mm-hmm. for everything? Mm-hmm. And so that's the direction we were going. But as soon as we put this into Petri dishes with cancer cells and beyond, we suddenly realized, no, 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 there's something way deeper happening with these this information stream coming out of bacteria and fungi. And it was my chief science officer, Dr. John Gilday, he's a PhD in genetics and, and uh, uh, cell biology, and he... Uh, was the first to realize that we had put our finger on the glyphosate toxicity issue, is that this communication network from the bacteria and fungi was actually supporting the protein structure in our gut lining. And so it turns out that the gut is held together, these trillions of cells that make up that cellophane layer, by tight junctions. Mm -hmm. These are Velcro-like proteins that hold one microscopic cell to the next to create this coherent carpet. And he had recognized before this, and a number of other labs had started to publish, that glyphosate seemed to increase the permeability of this membrane. And nobody was really sure why yet. Um, But we suddenly realized that if this bacterial communication network was in there, we, we couldn't injure the, the membrane. We, it became bulletproof to the glyphosate injury. And so in that journey, we started to really study glyphosate and its relationship to the human cells. Because like you said, Monsanto's been swearing up and down that there is no harm to the human body because it, the shikimate pathway only exists in bacteria and fungi. Well, that may be true regarding that enzyme target, but the classic thing with any drug is it always has off-target effects, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why drugs have side effects, is they don't actually go and do exactly what your doctor says it's going to go do. It's going to hit a bunch of other receptors and do other things. The side effects of glyphosate that are outside of the shikimate pathway is direct injury to the protein structure that holds your gut lining together. 
this would be bad news if that was it. But it turns out that every macromembrane in your body, the blood vessels that, that uh, fuel your entire body with oxygen and nutrients are held together with the same tight junctions. The blood-brain barrier that protects your peripheral nervous system and your brain, same tight junctions. The kidney tubules that are held together to, to detox your body, same tight junctions. And so what's happened as we've introduced a chemical that's directly toxic to this, this Velcro-like protein is we turn into leaky sieves on the front end, gut leak and nasal sinus leak. And so every time we breathe, every time we eat, we're starting to leak and our immune system gets overwhelmed. And then the blood vessels that are supposed to deliver either uh, an immune response from peripheral or get nutrients to some distant space is also leaking. And so we're getting permeability of the blood mm -hmm. vessels. Then you get to the blood-brain barrier. This is supposed to be the holy of holies. A peripheral nerve or the brain is supposed to be protected against everything in your blood. Because even glucose, which is the main fuel for your brain, should not get into the brain in an unregulated fashion. It will damage the nerves. And so the holy of holies of the, of the central and peripheral nervous system is being destroyed. And so if that's true, if glyphosate was really damaging that, then we should see a massive explosion in neurologic injury to children and adults starting in about 1996. And that's exactly when we see this steep increase happening in autism, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, neurodegenerative conditions like MS, autoimmune diseases, and all the rest. I mean, all of this has sounded like a lot of bad news, but identifying a problem is so much of the solution. Mm -hmm. you know? And so now that we identify the problem, look, we've, we've put into our food chain a chemical that deletes the ability to build a healthy human body. We've put into the food chain a chemical that deletes the medicine out of our food, which we didn't have time to talk about, but uh, that shame shikimate pathway makes the alkaloids, which are the, the medicinal features of our food is deleted by glyphosate. So we, we build a diseased body, we build a food chain that doesn't have the medicine in it, and then we take away the most you know, vital thing, which is this microcosm, macrocosm phenomenon you just talked about. So far I've been describing to you that we are losing the identity between the outside world and our immune system by the breakdown of these membranes. We get leak. That's literally taking away self-identity from the immune system. And so we get autoimmune disease where we're starting to react to our own body as if it was foreign. In the same way, at the macro level, I believe we're losing our self-identity as human beings as we start to leak. And we start to become majorly depressed, panic disorder. We start to get lost down these rabbit holes of doubt, insecurity, fear, guilt. We have spiritual crisis. We have a relationship crisis that's on an epidemic level equal to, to cancer and beyond. Uh, the ability to stay in human relationship seems to be the most complicated thing that we could possibly endure right now. It's because we are literally losing self-identity at the cell level because we are eating a chemical that breaks our self-identity at the cell level. A sickness happens and it results in, in an immune reaction and a healing process. I think that's what's happening to our society right now. We have a sickness and a disease on the planet of loss of self-identity and human consciousness of our purpose here. All right, why don't we take a break right there because that is a good place to stop. The clear message is that our bodies need help fighting all this stuff out there. The immunity system is highly important. Never more important than right now. If you want to get healthy, it's green gold, green gold natural healing. Now my wife is the one who runs that. She has some incredible products for all different types of ailments or issues, or just to get healthier. We have several different companies, several different products, 
several different opportunities. We'll listen to the buzz and we'll hear from Green Gold Natural Healing at the end and we'll move on to segment number two. That does it for segment number one. Of course, that was current news and there's so much more we could talk about, but there's nothing more important or more prevalent right now than our health. That's why we went with segment number one on current news for our health. So now we're gonna go move on into the buzz and then into segment number two. Hello and welcome to The Buzz. This is Brian with Hale Multimedia, website and mobile app development for over 25 years. The Buzz is designed to keep our customers and friends aware of what projects we're currently working on. Let's take a look. Podcast, podcast, podcast. You hear us talking a lot about podcasts lately. What is podcasting? Well, podcasting is really radio reports that have been turned into permanent MP3s and distributed across the internet rather than the radio. So with an established radio network of over 30 years, we have found it to be an easy transition into the podcasting realm. And we can help you get your message out at a very affordable price. Visit hailbroadcasting.com and click on Podcasts. And when you click on Podcasts, you will be directed to our podcast network through Spreaker, where you will find all of our podcast channels, including... In alphabetical order, Cattleman's Corner with Howard Hale, Digging Deeper with Brian Hale, Harvest USA Report with Howard Hale, Hemp Chat Podcast, Homegrown with R.P. Smith, Horseman's Corner with Howard Hale, The Bottom Line Report with Mark Oppold, Motivational Moments, Revelation Radio with Andy Hale, and this program. The Buzz at Hale Multimedia. Also on Hale Broadcasting, click on Radio Network and you'll see a new complete list of affiliate radio stations that play our programs on a daily basis. Be sure to click on the stations for a pop-up coverage map. And further down the page, you'll see a breakdown of the three major programs and what stations they air on, as well as our rates. And the rate is almost unbeatable. Go to hailbroadcasting.com and find out how you can own a day on the radio for less than a Ben Franklin. Radio network, podcast network, 24-7 streaming. You can find it all at hailbroadcasting.com. And that's going to do it for today's Buzz at Hail Multimedia, sponsored by Green Gold Natural Healing. In today's world, our body's immune system is critical to staying alive and healthy. Find the best immunity system building products at GreenGoldNaturalHealing.com. My wife and I believe so much in these products that we became representatives in order to help others. Visit GreenGoldNaturalHealing.com. And as always, thanks again for listening and may God bless. I'm Brian Hale. And that does it for another edition of Digging Deeper. Visit our website to catch this podcast and many others anytime. You can also watch our live TV network, browse our on-demand content, read our controversial articles, or sign up if you feel led to join the cause for defending our Constitution. It's all on diggingdeeper.us. We appreciate you listening, and remember, visit diggingdeeper.us to learn more about what we're doing to bring truth to light.